Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Above the Break podcast, the first ever Rook Media podcast. I'm Jake Scalpelholm, and I'm here with Evan Frank. And we're going to be starting off by talking about our predictions for the 2019-2020 NBA playoff seedings. Uh, and we really want to talk about the top four seeds in the West, because it is going to be a contentious playoff race in the next year. Ev, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really close. Obviously... It was a crazy free agency, and pretty much every top star in the NBA, you know, except for a good handful, are in the West right now. So the top is going to be very, very loaded, and it's going to be really interesting to see where everybody ends up. So what, what do you have in the number one spot? Who's your number one? So my number one, uh, potentially a little bit controversial, but uh, I have the Houston Rockets entering <laughs> the playoffs as the number one seed. Okay, that is a cool like, contention. Why, why do you have, like, I, um, as you go through them, I'll give you who I have uh, in the same position. So I, I actually have Denver taking the number one spot. How, how come you have Houston going into it? Cool. Well, um, so I have the Rockets because, I mean, essentially they're going into this season with the exact same team as last, except you sub out Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. And, you know, there's been a lot of debate on, you know, is Russell Westbrook and James Harden going to work together well? Uh, to be totally honest, I don't know if the fit's perfect, but I just think that it's so much talent between the two of them, and they, they're they two regular season players. You know, they care a lot about, you know, winning MVPs and getting good stats and all that. So I think that they're going to play very, very hard together during the regular season, and I think they're just going to care more about winning during the regular season, which will lead them to the one seed. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, my my main my main concern with them is obviously the fit. Like, I still think they're going to be an awesome uh, team, and I actually have in the article that I'm going to be bringing out. I have speak with about them uh, going up against the Lakers is a really tough matchup, probably for them and for a lot of teams who have like not insanely high caliber guard positions. Because when you think about across the league, pretty much it's the Golden State Warriors with Steph and Clay, Portland with. CJ and Dame, and then Houston's Harden and Westbrook. Like, there's only those probably three teams in the entire league with that caliber of guard positions. And if you have defenders like DJ Tucker and guys who are capable of putting up a good defensive show, and you can throw the offense offensive load completely on the shoulders of Harden and Westbrook, I think they're going to be a real nightmare. With that being said, I don't know how well they're going to be able to share the ball. Like. Who's going to be the main ball handler out of those two? Like, is it going to be Harden jacking up shots, or is it going to be Westbrook jacking up shots? But the reason I have Denver is because, well, they challenged Golden State's, like, with KD, they challenged Golden State's number one spot, like, for most of the season, I think. So you have Nikola Jokic coming back, probably going to be better, and hopefully playing his way into shape in the World Cup right now. Uh, and then you have pretty much the exact same team, but they're a year older, which is amazing for all these young, young guys like Jamal Murray. And then uh, you got Grant, who just signed. So that they, it, the teams only got better. They kept all their capable players, and they got better. And I really think that they're like a regular season team because when you think about teams like the Clippers and the Lakers, they're going to be resting players. They've got to be a lot of load management, whereas Denver has these like 24-year-old guys who are their stars who can just play 82 games, no problem. Yeah, no, I... I definitely uh, get it. I have Denver really high in my seedings. I mean, you'll see, you know, later on. But I just think that as much as the Nuggets are a great team, I just think that, you know, James Harden did his thing last year with 36 points a game. And, you know, now you're bringing in Russ. And there's only, there's so much time in a game. Like eventually, you know, James Harden has got to sit on the bench. Russell Westbrook's got to sit on the bench. So they're each going to get their time with the ball, you know. And I just think that, in the long run of the season, it's just gonna 
they're going to be able to, you know, share the load equally pretty well. It's not going to be as big of a deal, I think, as people think it might be. Yeah, like, you, you, you think that they're going to be able to, like, two of the highest use. I think it actually is number one and two in highest usage. Yeah, all time. All time, I'm pretty <laughs> so sure. I, I mean, those dudes but I don't know, man. Like, you look at the usage numbers, and, like, they're, it's about 30 for each, like, about 30 to 35%, and, like, you know, put them together. It's about 60% of the team's usage. So, I mean... <laughs> You look at the rest of the team, who else is going to use the ball? I mean, Eric Gordon, I guess, maybe for a little bit, like P.J. Tucker, Gerald Green, like those guys, all they do is sit in the corner and wait for James Harden to pass to them. So, <laughs> like, it's not going to be that big of a deal, I don't think. I think Russell Westbrook is kind of just a, you know, not they obviously don't have the same play style, but in terms of, like, stats, you know, he's just kind of a worse shooting James Harden. So, <laughs> it's a, I'm not sure if that's a lobby praise or not. Um <laughs> But uh, so we'll move on to we'll move on to our number two. Who do you have? Who do you have coming in at number two? Uh, so at two, I have the L.A. Clippers. What? Yeah. Uh, I just think that the team was so deep last year and won forty eight games. Uh, this year, I think you know, adding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, that's gonna each of them are good to add at least you know five wins to the team. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident this team's gonna end up with high fifties, potentially low sixties and wins. See, I, I really like. I agree with absolutely everything you said. Like those, those guys are incredible, incredible players. Like there's no going around it. And I personally have them as winning the the title this year. But during the regular season, like we just saw Kawhi come off like this season where he played. Man, I, what was he like? Sixty games, seventy games. Yeah, it wasn't he? I don't even know if it was quite sixty. It was either sixty or high fifty, something in that. Yeah, range. exactly. That's that's not a lot of games. And what like you still had Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry still being able to to pull games through because they're obviously they were title caliber team. My main concern is that you don't have Paul George for the first month of the season, maybe if not more. And then Kawhi is going to be playing probably even less games than he was last season because he knows that the West is significantly more competitive than the East was. And he has to play against LeBron and like all of these excellent, excellent teams. So I want to sit my players for as long amount of rest as I can give them in order for them to just absolutely kill it in the playoffs. So I don't know how many games they're going to be playing, and that's why, although I still think they're probably the best team in the West, I don't have them as high just because I don't think they care about seeding. Yeah, I understand that, but I just think that the team is just so, like, uber-talented. Like, I mean, without Kawhi and Paul George, they won 48 games. So even if you rest those guys, you still have a good chance to win a game. And there's not many teams in the NBA that, you know, do the load management thing with both of their best players on the same night. I think they'll stack them. So even if you come in with a Clippers team with either Kawhi Leonard or either Paul George, that's still a very good team. So I just think that I think that they'll just be so talented that it's going to be, you know, hard to stop them, even if they're not trying in the regular season. Uh, yeah, so Jake, what do you have at number two then? Uh, so for my number two, I have the Utah Jazz, which I think is probably a bit of a, a higher position than pretty much everyone else. Like, I think what you said with the Clippers at number two is probably much more uh, mainstream, but I really think Utah is going to be an excellent, excellent team next year, especially like a regular season team. You got Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, is just destroying it at the World Cup right now. Like, he's taken the number one role, I think, from Kemba Walker on that team. That's really saying something. So I think if you have a Donovan Mitchell who's coming off this Team USA performance that, honestly, I think is just excellent. Like, this team's going to be really good. You still have Rudy Gobert. You've got Donovan Mitchell. 
you got <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich and then Mike Conley. Like that's a that's a damn good team, and, and especially like a regular season team where they're just going to be able to to play a lot of minutes. Like Mike Conley doesn't miss games. Uh, Donovan Mitchell sure shit isn't missing games. Like he's 22 now, maybe. Yeah, 22 years old. He's not going to be missing games. And then Rudy Gobert is obviously the, the defensive player of the year. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, well, a bit over. I think it's Bojan, by the Bojan? way. Bojan? Okay. On, uh, yeah, Bogdan's on the Kings, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, my bad. Bojan's paid probably a bit more than he should be. Like, that's a good team. Like, that's a damn good team. And, and maybe they're not able to pull it out, like, in the clutch in the playoffs. But during the regular season, they're just going to eat on teams. Like, they're just going to eat people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I, I also am high on the Jazz. I think just, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the West is just so stacked. Like, even though, like, I... I have different seedings than you. If your predictions came right, I would totally understand. Like, I just think that uh, that it's so it's such a close race. Again, for me, I just don't know if talent level is there. I mean, I'm not as high on Mitchell as other people are. I still think he's a great player. I just don't know if he's, uh, you know, I've heard all these comparisons about Nick's D-Wade and all this. I don't know if I really agree with that. I don't think he's going to be, you know, this elite MVP level player. Really? No, but... Uh, you know, I think I think he can be a really terrific player. Rudy Gobert is really good, obviously. Mike Conley, though, is going to be 33 next year. Point guards, you know, typically age the quickest. So uh, I don't think Conley is going to be awful by any means next year. But I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he performs. Uh, maybe in a lesser role, because usually he's been taking the main offensive role in Memphis. So kind of taking maybe a, a secondary or tertiary role. Uh, on offense it'll be interesting to see what he does but yeah I mean I, I still have the jazz high I just don't know if the the talent roster or the talent up and down the roster is is capable of putting them in that position hmm. all right so I actually I have the Clippers third so I can just skip my prediction for number three because we just spoke on them but uh, tell me who's, who's your number three so well my number three is the Nuggets and for basically all the same reasons as you I just think that again they're a really good team to be honest, I think they may have overachieved a little bit last year. I think they're still going to be a really solid team. Obviously, I have them ranked third, so you know it's not like I'm projecting them to be this awful team by any means. But I think that I think that last year they may have overachieved a little bit outside of Jokic. It's a very deep roster, but it's not a very you know he doesn't have like a lot of elite teammates. It's just a very well-rounded roster, which. Obviously, it's good enough to get you in the playoffs, but I don't know if it's good enough to bring them further than the first or second round. That's see, that's I, I kind of disagree in the first second round. Like I think they did maybe a little bit better than they were projected to, but and no worse than I think could be expected of a team with probably this year. I think Jokic could make a a genuine like challenge in the MVP race, and then you got Jamal Murray, who if he can gain a shred of consistency like the guy can shoot the shit out of the ball and during clutch moments we saw in his series against portland and san antonio like i think he's a really top quality player who just if he can work on his consistency i think he's an awesome awesome guy to have finishing off games so that that's why i had them up uh, at number one but i can totally understand number three especially if things go well for houston and russ and harden just click i think that could easily be number one but i'm really really excited to see what denver does and i'm gonna be they're one of probably gonna be a league pass game for me i just want to see what they can do yeah they're definitely gonna be on uh you know my league pass gonna be watching them a lot this year they're a really exciting team not saying uh, they're not gonna be exciting i just don't know if they're gonna 
uh, maybe live up to the expectations that some people have been giving them. You want to move on to number four? Yeah. Who do you have at number four? Okay. So at number four, I have the Jazz. So, you know, a lot of the same reasons you said. I mean, I already kind of gave my opinion on them, why I didn't have them as high. So, yeah, I have the Jazz at number four. Uh, Who do you have? I have uh, have the Portland Trailblazers at number four. Oh. I know. So I actually, I did a lot of thinking about this one and a lot of what put them into number four had to do with what I expect from Houston, what I expect from Golden State, uh, what I expect from the teams below them or what I perceive to be below them. And you got to look at what Dame did last year. He's, he's still, he's, he's getting a bit older for sure, but he's not, he's not Mike Conley's age. He's not 33. He's not 34. So I think he could, and he's going to be a player that ages really well, just because regardless if you're, you're 29 or you're 32, you're still able to shoot the ball like no one else. So I think this year is going to be after having that big boost from getting into the conference finals, even though they did get swept, that team could have been completely rebuilt had it not been for the success of this past season. So I really think Portland's got to rise out of that. And they have CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, like I was speaking at the beginning. And then you also have, and maybe I'm under, like, or overestimating his value, but I think Hassan Whiteside could be good for them during the regular season up until the time that Nurkic comes back, because yeah. obviously Nurkic is 100% better than Whiteside, uh, in my opinion. But I really think that this team could genuinely do something this year and maybe maybe it isn't we're not going to go to the conference finals again because of just the amount of talent that's in the west this year but i really think that at least during the regular season they could be someone that picks on these teams who are resting players like dame and cj they don't take games off and i think these guys during the regular season at least really really want to show that last year wasn't a fluke and we can do it a second time and and the team hasn't changed all that much Obviously, there was a few, the the whole Hassan Whiteside, Miami needing Jimmy Butler, uh, that trade going on. But I really think that Portland could have an excellent team. And if the uh, Kevin Love rumors are to be believed, maybe you could see Kevin Love during an Portland jersey. And then that would be one hell of a team. Yeah, um, I think that, oh, I mean, obviously, if they get Kevin Love, they would definitely uh, rise in my standings a bit. Uh, to me, I just think that, Outside of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I'm not a huge fan of this roster. I think that Yusuf Nurkic is terrific, but obviously, as you said, you know he's he's out for a decent chunk of this season, and then when he comes back, he suffered a a pretty severe leg injury. Pretty sure, uh, sort of like the same thing that uh, like Gordon Hayward went through, and obviously we've seen you know how Hayward has performed when he came back. So, I'm not saying Yusuf is gonna be that awful when he comes back but uh you know i definitely think there will be a bit of a uh you know like a reintegration rehabilitation period so mm-hmm. i just think that outside of damon cj who i think will carry them into the playoffs i just don't know if there's enough on this roster to carry them to a top you know four or five seed well i, I was just i was just and i'm looking at it right now just to to kind of back up what i was saying about the roster a little bit they still do have zach collins who i'm I'm really high on like I think this guy is odd. like if he shoots a three ball and he can be consistent and continue playing at a, a higher level than what he showed last year. I think he's a good guy to have coming off the bench or maybe even some starter minutes. And then they also have Rodney Hood, Anthony Simmons, Kent Bazemore, who I completely forgot had been traded there. Like he's a he's a quality a shooting guard and probably one of the better defenders on this team now. 
so I think, especially if he's either playing small forward on the first line or if he's coming off the bench, leading the bench, I think like that's not a bad bench. It's not great. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's not awful. So they haven't sacrificed too much in order to have these Damian Lillard, CJ Nurkic, and then Hassan Whiteside as they're probably four main guys, and the bench isn't horrible. And I also forgot to talk about Nasir Little, who he could really surprise some people, even though he went very late. He was like a top, top prospect coming out of high school. So he didn't get the, the playing time he wanted at uh, North Carolina, but like we'll see what he can do. And maybe we'll be really surprised. Yeah, I think just overall, I'm just a little lower on the team than most people. Not a huge Hassan Whiteside fan. Not a big Nasir Little fan. Uh, Zach Collins, I'm kind of iffy about. I just don't know if he can play major minutes. So overall, like I, I agree with what you're saying. I just obviously, you know, I just I just don't agree <laughs> that, you know, Hassan and Nasir and Zach Collins are going to be, you know, guys who can carry this team along. Well, I could agree that could definitely happen. Hassan could be awful. And then Zach Collins could never get any better than he is right now, which would not be ideal, obviously. So we've actually, we've mentioned a good amount of teams. I think Denver, we've both had in our top four. Clippers, we both had in our top four. But we differed between Houston, Utah, and Portland, I think, were the main areas of contention. I did, I do have the Jazz at four. Oh, you did have the Jazz at four. Okay, cool. So I do want to move on to our bottom four now. So uh, coming in at fifth, I, I would love to see who you have. Uh, so at five, I have the L.A. Lakers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that. Please, please, please tell me about that. I think that, you know, the Lakers, again, they have two of our, well, I mean, in my opinion, they have two of the top four players in the world right now, you know, and I just think that that's a recipe for success, no matter what the rest of your roster looks like. I understand that, you know, LeBron and AD, they both like to take their rest. But, you know, I think number five is a good spot for them. You know, they're going to take their rest, so they're going to lose some games because I do think that if LeBron and AD played all 82 games of the season, they would be a one or two seed. So I think when they, you know, if they take their rest, they'll they'll sit somewhere around five or six. And I think, you know, come the end of the season, we kind of saw it last year, the, the Warriors and the Trailblazers, they're kind of almost – winning or throwing games to get the seeding that they wanted and in my rankings right now the Lakers would be taking on the Jazz theoretically in a playoff matchup which I think the Lakers would really enjoy so I think that you know five is a good spot because they'll probably be somewhere around that spot you know five six uh, towards the end of the season and then they'll kind of play the way they want to end up in that fifth seed. I actually, somehow, uh, it, it came out that I also believe that Utah, in, in my bracket at least, I believe Utah's also still playing the Lakers. And so uh, I don't know if anyone remembers where I had Utah at. I'm very low on the Lakers, I think. And I, I'll speak a bit about it right now. I really feel that LeBron, he just, and I know it's LeBron, never bet against LeBron, but the man's turning 35 this season, right? It, 35, yeah. So he's turning 35. He just had the first major injury of his career. Like, for a guy who's been practically the bionic man for his entire life, like, most games he'll miss is, like, five games or something like that. Uh, To miss, I believe it was 17 games he missed for the first time in his career. And I understand this is in a season where the Lakers aren't doing so well. They probably weren't going to make the playoffs, so there's no big rush to come back to, to regular season fitness and regular season form. But still, like, that could be 
uh, foretelling what could come later in in this season. Well, if LeBron gets injured, then it's just AD, and it might as well just be last season Pelicans with the roster that you have around him. So if you think about how well the Pelicans did, you don't have very much shooting around AD. This is hypothetically LeBron's out. You think about you have AD, uh, I guess Contavious, uh, KCP can shoot, but you got Kyle Kuzma, you got Rajon Rondo, you got Dwight Howard, because if LeBron's out, then there's no way that AD is playing anything but power forward. <laughs> so you have Dwight Howard, you have AD, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green or KCP, depends on if you want all of your shooting on the floor or just one of your shooters on the floor. And I'm really looking around at that and other than Danny Green and then maybe KCP on how you evaluate him, I'm not sure how good that, or at least how capable that team is of really killing it in the regular season. Now, in the in the playoffs, you know, you have playoff LeBron, and then AD is a monster, like an absolute monster. So I have more confidence for them during the playoffs, but during the regular season, I really think they could slip if LeBron becomes injured or if AD gets injured. Because the rest of that team, it would be a heavy load on AD or LeBron. Like a very heavy load. So during the regular season, I'm not as high. I still think, obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. It's an awesome team. Like you said, two of the top probably four players in the world right now on the same team. Like that's, especially during playoffs, they're going to kick it up a notch. But just during the regular season, if something bad happens to one of those two players, and you know, for Lakers fans, Bray doesn't, they could really drop. But for my fifth, uh, I have your number one. I have Houston coming in at fifth. And this is just, uh, again, the West, I think, is very, very strong. And this isn't a who do I think is going to be the, the title winner. I think this is just you have two players who may or may not get along very well with two extremely high usage rates. And I think they'll lose a few games that they shouldn't lose. While you have a lot of other teams who like Denver and Utah aren't resting guys. They have that, at least in Den- Denver, they have the exact same team as last year plus one player. So I really think that those two teams, they're younger and they're just willing to win every single regular season game. Whereas these teams with super incredibly good like superstars on their team are saying, look, we can rest a few games as long as we're in the playoffs. In most games, we're probably going to have the best player, player on the floor. So we don't, seeding doesn't matter like, if we're top number one, we don't want to waste our energy for that. We can just pick our seeding lower down. We'd much rather face, at the seventh seed, we'd much rather face uh, the number two Utah, who have been playing their guts out all season, whereas we have the same, like, we have much more rest. We feel much more capable and comfortable going into this playoff series. So for me, I think Houston's going to, like, not put their foot on the gas uh, as they might have previous seasons, and it might drop them a little bit. But again, it doesn't really matter once playoff basketball begins. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it, it it just depends how you view uh, Mike D'Antoni, you know, dealing with the roster that he has this year. But for me, I just think that, I mean, Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden have got to be two of the most, you know, they care the most about the regular season in the league. Like, James Harden, you know, honestly kind of you know whined like a little baby when he lost the mvp to Giannis last year and it's just like the mvp is not that big of a deal man just just win the win the title if if you care that much about proving people that you're the best player in the world so 
I think Le- I think Harden cares too much about the regular season. Russ cares way too much about the regular season. Like he just like he's obsessed with the regular season. So I just think that they're gonna just try too hard to end up as the fifth seed. All right, that's fair. Like I could easily see in like such a stacked Western Conference, there's gonna be a lot of shifting and a one game difference between a lot of these a lot of these teams. Yeah, yeah. So I can easily see that Houston could jump up to anywhere from fifth to first. Like it's it'll be that close, I believe that that you just won't be able to tell. All right. Yeah, so you, give me your sixth. Number 6, I have the Golden State Warriors. Nice. Okay, so I just want to pop in. I also have that, but go ahead. We we both have the Warriors at 6. We both have the Warriors at 6. All right. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good uh, spot to put them. Obviously, they're in a bit of a new situation. It's been about five years since they've entered the league not looking like the title favorites. So I just think that, you know, the loss of KD, it's going to be an adjustment period for that. The loss of Klay Thompson for a good chunk of this season, also going to be an adjustment period. Uh, integrating D'Angelo. I think it's just going to be, I think there's enough talent on the roster to be a very, very competitive team. I just think that, you know, it's going to, a lot of it, like for a good portion of the season, I think it's just going to be like an adjust on the fly type of situation. So I just think that there will be some, some ugly, you know, losses that probably should have been wins. And, you know, I think, I mean, as you'll see in an article that I'm writing, I think they'll start to pick it up in the second half. I'm like I pretty much agree with everything you just said there. Like main issues, you don't have a lot of depth on this team because you have a player in Clay Thompson who is getting paid the max and won't be playing for half the season. Draymond Green, I'm if he can keep the weight off, like if he can like at the end of last season, he lost those twenty pounds and he was probably one of the better players in the playoffs. You gotta remember that Draymond Green is probably one of the best defenders in in my mind in league history like he just had such such a mind for the game like he just impacts it regardless of where he is on the floor he impacts the defensive possession but a lot of the offensive load is going to come from Steph Curry and will he be able to keep that up for all 82 games or at least for the first uh, half of the season while you don't have Klay Thompson someone else that can take that offensive load off of his shoulders like even Quinn Cook last season had to do in the playoffs like he was at least sometimes capable of hitting shots you don't even have Quinn Cook anymore so who is gonna who's gonna help Steph score who's gonna score for this team other than Steph I mean yeah your only other option really is is D'Lo if you you know if you look at the team off the bench um, they have a lot of good you know shooters defenders like guys who if they're surrounded by Steph and Draymond and D'Angelo like you know they they can fill their roles pretty nicely but uh, there's going to be games where Steph either isn't playing or, you know, D'Angelo isn't playing or maybe, you know, whatever. Something happens and you're going to have to ask for some of the guys on your bench to, to contribute a little more. I just don't see anybody on that team being capable of creating other than Steph and D'Lo right now. All right, for a second there, I forgot that D'Lo existed. Yeah, obviously D'Lo is going to be doing a bit more some of the other scoring. But again, you're right, like... They'll suffer heavily on the defensive end when your front court or back court, pardon me, is Steph and D'Lo. Steph is probably he gets a lot more flack for being a bad defender than I really think he is. He was just surrounded by Clay Thompson, KD, and uh, Draymond, so he's for a point guard like probably not an awful defender. Whereas D'Lo is, in my mind, an awful defender. So I think they'll just get eaten up in the back court. So who do you have at number seven? 
at seven is where I have the Portland Trailblazers ranked. Probably never going to hear the end of this, but uh, this is where I have your Los Angeles Lakers, which I would say a lot of people would put much higher, like way higher. If not number one or two, they'd at least have them fifth. Uh, but this just goes back to what I said, LeBron, his first major injury, maybe it's not the only major injury he's going to have in his career, and maybe it slows him down. Like I know it's not the same injury, but Kobe Bryant, it, when he uh, had his ACL injury or his Achilles injury, Pardon me. He went from and he was roughly the same. I believe he was 34 at the time as well. He went from scoring 27 points per game to 19. And well, 19 is still a lot. It it, it was a, such a drastic drop off, nearly 10 points per game, that maybe this is the same type of thing we see from LeBron. But maybe it isn't. Maybe it's LeBron being LeBron, and the man is practically immortal. So maybe maybe my my placement's a little lower than it should be. But I would like to say that I have a. There's probably going to be a very big gulch between my seventh seed and my eighth seed. While as I think they'll be between the first and seventh, I think that might be a maximum like three or four game difference. I think the difference between the seventh and eighth, I think that's going to be a lot more substantial. Well, I think uh, if we if we look back, I'm pretty sure our top seven is all the exact same. So um, I think we kind of have a, you know, all, obviously they're not in the same positions, but we, we kind of have a lock on who the top seven are going to be and then, I think that 8, 9, 10 range is going to be really interesting to see where we have some teams place, you know, who's on the bubble. But, um, yeah, I mean, I already talked about the Trailblazers a bit when, when you were up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just – I think they're a great team. Damian Lillard, a phenomenal player. CJ McCollum, pretty phenomenal player in his own right too. I just don't know if I have a ton of faith in the rest of the roster. So, I mean, I think it'll be, uh, you know – Dame and CJ just kind of dragging the team on their backs for, you know, 82 games of the season. And, you know, they'll make the playoffs, but I just don't, uh, maybe, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't really uh, seen too much about what other people think about them, but, you know, so I don't know if I'm high or low on them, but I just, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, this, you know, elite team. I think they'll be, you know, really solid, competent team. Yeah. So this is, and I always really like this where they, in European football, they always have that relegation race. And while the middle of the table is, is never quite as exciting, you have the top and you have the bottom. So it's interesting to see where like the third to, to seventh seeds are. But what's really exciting, I think, is going to be the, the race to clinch that eighth seed in the West this year. So I'm, I want to go through probably eight, nine, ten before we go. So who, who do you – and I believe we'll probably have the same team in our, at our eighth seed. But who do you have? I have the Spurs. Okay, we do. We do have the same. Okay. Just if we can go briefly over them. What do you think about the Spurs? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, DeRozan, uh, solid player. Uh, Aldridge, very good, too. Um, and then, I mean, you're getting back uh, DeJounte Murray. You're getting another year of development for Derek White. You've got Lonnie Walker coming in, who just had a terrific summer league. I'm so really excited I, about him. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I just think that, you know, the team was already good last year, and they... Not not really added new pieces because Walker and Murray were on the team last year, but you get what I mean. Like they, they added new pieces this year. So, uh, well, there is the issue that they did lose some pieces. They traded Davis Bertans in uh, the hopes of signing a very uh, very special free agent. Was it was it Morris? Yeah, Marcus Morris. Marcus and then, Morris, uh, and uh, yeah. having that fall through, I don't, now they don't have that the shooting power forward that they did last season. So. 
while it's not the most major you know loss in NBA history, it, it is of course not great for their title chances or pardon me for their playoff chances. But uh, the team's roughly the same as they were last year. Lonnie Walker is hopefully going to be a really high high quality player in the years to come. So I'm excited to see how he develops. Uh, other than that, like there's not much to say about the Spurs. They still got pop. The team stayed roughly the same. So I think they're going to grind their way through into the probably the eighth seed uh, over some of these teams who have a little bit more to prove or they're newer and untested in uh, whoever we have in our 9 and 10. So we can move on to who do you have at number nine? I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. So, you know, I actually had a really tough time kind of um, with, uh, you know, as much as I, I had mentioned, you know, it was kind of tough. I was pretty confident about the Spurs being eight. But for me, it's kind of nine, 10, 11, 12. There's four teams that I all think are really, really solid. And I think it'll be interesting. And with the way the roster is currently constructed, I have the Thunder at nine. I knew you were going to have the Thunder at nine. If they trade Chris Paul, then it's a whole different story. But I think Chris Paul is, uh, you know, and they have Gallo. So, like, you have, you know, Gallinari, you have Chris Paul. I just think that, I think teams are, uh, you know, underestimating. Uh, He's sleeping on my man SGA. Yeah, and SGA. But, you know, I think he's going to be a backup this year. So I don't know how much his development's going to go. Which is a damn shame because I really think he could be excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm really upset about that. But, you know, I just think that's the reality of the situation. Unless I get rid of Chris Paul, I don't, you know, I think he could improve. But I think his stats will stay the same because his minutes are going to probably decrease a little this year. Earlier in, in the year, we had a, a big old discussion about who we thought could challenge for this eighth seed. And I know you were extremely high on the damn Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they could be like Gallo was one of the best players in the Clippers last year. SGA is awesome. But like I said, he might not get playing time. And then Chris Paul, obviously. Chris Paul, we all have grievances with Chris Paul and the way he behaves sometimes. But obviously, he used to be an awesome player. And I hope to see that he still is an awesome player. But I have a really big soft spot for for this team, my my upcoming number nine, and uh, I would just I would kill and I would love to see the Sacramento Kings coming in at number nine. Yeah, I mean, if if you know Jake, you know his love for the Kings is very well documented. Oh man, um, it's it's they're a fun team. They are a fun team, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like I I mean. I guess you know I can just move on, but you know I I have the Kings at a at ten, so I I don't think they're you know going to be much lower than what you have them. But yeah, I don't know. I think the Kings are a really young, fun, exciting team. But I don't know about the depth on the roster. I don't know about you know outside of Fox, Heald, and like I guess Bagley. There's not much, you know. I guess there is Bogdan, there is Harrison Barnes, but yeah, I don't know. I just I think they're they're close, but they just, I don't know. It's either more seasoning or they just need like one last piece. I don't know. I just, I, I put on bogey or maybe it's just because of their years of failure. I just can't picture the Kings as a playoff team yet. <laughs> see, that's why I want to see them do well. So, so very badly. Like this is the team that has been heralded as one of the worst teams in the NBA for years. Their front office was quite oftentimes called the worst front office in the entire league. But I'm excited because you got Marvin Bagley, you got De'Aaron Fox. Like these guys are very, very young. And a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who was just last year, he made a he, he could have made a challenge for most improved player. I like I do think that easily is Pascal Siakams, but that there was a case to be made about him being the most improved player because he he was awesome. Like he was just 
a high, high caliber point guard. And I think in the next five years or four years, maybe even less, we'll see that he comes comes out as just this top of the line NBA point guard, the new guard. So I'm excited to see what De'Aaron Fox does this next season. And if he can really like take another step, oh man, like he could be genuinely awesome. And then we'll we'll see what happens with Marvin Bagley. Like he's a he's a good guy to have in addition to De'Aaron Fox. So just those two together, if Marvin Bagley can get even better than he was last year, I think this is an awesome team. And Buddy Heald can shoot the lights out. Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, or Bogdan Bogdanovic, sorry, just it, it, a good player. Like he's a good shooter, not a bad defender. So I think it's not a bad starting lineup. Like you have Fox, Buddy Heald at shooting guard, Bo- Bogey at small forward. And then you could have Harrison Barnes at power forward if you wanted. And then uh, Marvin Bagley at center, which is where I believe he belongs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you basically summed up everything that uh, I would have said about them and already have said. So do you want to go on to – do you have 10 to mention still? Uh, I believe 10 is OKC, so we spoke about them. Do okay. you have any more that you think could possibly challenge for the eighth seat? I guess my, my only other two, which are my 11 and 12 teams, are the Pelicans and Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I think the Pelicans, you know, I mean, to be honest, I hope they prove me wrong. I, I think the Pelicans actually have a pretty solid roster. I mean, you get another year of development out of uh, Lonzo and hopefully a year of health. So you have a year of development from Lonzo, a uh, year of development from Ingram, and also Ingram no longer has to play alongside LeBron, who, you know, that just that fit was not good for him. So you get those two, plus you get Zion, who I am a big, big fan of. I think that he's going to be a really, really great No way, player. you're a big fan of Zion? Yes. There's yes. many people who are. Yeah, but I'm like, I have like very little doubts about Zion. Some people are, you know, doubters, but I am a humongous, humongous, massive fan of Zion. Not afraid to say it. You know, they also, they still have Drew Holiday, who's an elite two-way player, uh, they got Derek Favors. I got JJ Redick. Like you know, <laughs> honestly, looking at my list right now, like I might have even you know ranked them too low. So uh, I hope they do well. And then the Mavericks. I just think outside of Luca and Kristaps, I don't know what else this team really has to uh, you know what else this team has going for them. Yeah, so. we have roughly the same. I I put in the same order. New Orleans. You spoke well on both them and the Mavericks. I really like the possible combination between Luca and Przingis. I think they could be excellent, but like you said, like the, there's just nothing else to this team. Like it's just them and you might as well throw me and you out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, not too much going for them other than those two. Yeah, like honestly could be superstars, but they really need to do something about the total scrubs on the rest of their team. Yeah, it's uh, not looking too great outside of those two for the Mavs this year. But, you know, again, with with all these young teams, the, the reason they're out of the playoffs for me is just because they're young. But, I mean, you look at teams like the Lakers, like outside of LeBron and AD, you know, I think their depth is definitely a little better than the Mavericks, but, like, it's still not great. So, like, you know, but I'm just banking on, you know, the LeBron and AD being terrific players with tons of experience, you know. But the, the Mavericks are, are basically just a, a poor man's version of the, the Lakers in terms of, you know, you got a great point forward in Luka, you got a good, you know, power forward slash center in Porzingis, and then a bunch of, you know, okay role players around them. So, you know, who knows? We could be totally wrong. We could be totally right. I'm excited to, to, to see how the predictions uh, turn into uh, at the end of the season. Those two teams are going to be definitely league pass destinations for a bunch of us watching Zion 
hopefully kill it next year and then seeing how Luca and Dallas do. I believe it could be a lot of fun. So unless there's anything else that uh, you want to mention, I think uh, I think we're going to wrap up. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think I have pretty much said all that I want to say. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all know the bottom feeding teams in the West. You know, we got the Grizzlies and the Suns, but, you know, there, there's not too much to say about them. They're going to be, you know, maybe fun, but they're not that great. So You never know. The Suns can make a big title push this year. It's going to be the year. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you you taking the time to hear us on our first podcast for Rook Media. We'd love it if you could go to rook-media.com, check out some of the articles that uh, myself or Evan are, are writing, as well as follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you, hear uh, some of your feedback. If you ever want to chat basketball or just anything else, please feel free to reach out to, to us through the site. And thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Thanks.